having listening and having respect for what you hear, not wanting things to be other than they are, not thinking that you're right at the beginning. It's going in with an openness and a patience and a kindness to the other and to yourself. I've learned more listening to podcasts than I learned in my two years of college. Right now is a great opportunity to leverage the power of voice. No one's going to be able to offer the world what you can. It took someone else that had a bigger vision than me to be able to show me the way. And so now that we're here, we can show others the way. What if you can do what you love to fight what you hate? Be on air. Powered by Podcast Farm. Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. And today I have brought on an extraordinary couple to share the importance of getting into our body. And what does that even mean? Why is that important? How it can radically change your life? So with us today, we have Marcella and Matt Wakeham. Marcella is a senior yoga teacher and a movement therapist and a lifelong practitioner of yoga, dance, and Pilates. She has 20 years of experience in the field of body awareness, mindfulness, and body-mind movement related practices and is versed in anatomy and physiology. Over the years, Marcella's searched for practices and teachings which improve our sense of well-being, embodiment, and self-expression. She's also a sweat lodge and cacao ceremony facilitator. Matt benefits from a lifetime of spiritual study, formal practice, training, and personal experience. Within this, there's a consistent thread of mindfulness-based meditation supported by loving awareness, concentration, and compassion. First learnt on the retreat in the forest of Thailand and continued in self-practice and on retreat in UK. His healing journey over the last 20 years has taken in analysis, hypnotherapy, acupuncture, and psychedelic plant medicine. These he combines with external practices too, most predominantly strength and fitness training, as well as yoga and martial arts, and most recently, somatic sexual healing, breathwork, and cold exposure. His synthesis of these has led him to discover a natural embodied simplicity to his understanding of well-being and spirit. His journey speaks to the truth that if we want to, and if we're willing to address the habitual patterns stored in our bodies, we can open to pleasure, conscious connection, and self-love to live guided by the body's own wisdom. They are hosts of the Body Knows podcast, and I'm very excited to interview them and, and go deep on today's episode. Stick around. Welcome, Matt and Marcella. It is so wonderful to have you on the show. How are you both doing today? Oh, thank you uh, for having us in your podcast. Uh, well, we are we're fine. Uh, I, I am all right. <laughs> yeah, great, Kaylee. I just want to acknowledge uh, you uh, doing live the live intro. Um, that's always you know one of the decisions you make whether you're going to do a live one or record one. Um, and it's one of the things I love about your show is that you know it's about it's not just about the the message of the podcast it's about the method as well it's it's and um yeah right off the bat i'm like oh look at him just put it out there well done. i might have to use that matt i appreciate that i might have to use that it's not just the me- it's not the message it's the method as well. well that's very very good that's one of the things that i have in my repertoire um it's you know the the, the body work uh and embodiment um somatic practices that are Marcella's um living whereas they're, they're they're what i do personally i have a long uh, professional uh path through marketing advertising storytelling um yeah, getting the story out there, which is what I love about your little uh, intro clip as well that you tell about. You Thank about you so much. And we're going to get into your body of work as well today. I would love to uh, share with the listeners a little bit about your your past because it's very it's you've been you've been you've been involved in some huge massive projects and uh, the the podcast launch, the artwork for the body knows everything that came out is so top notch, so pro, and it's a really great example of how to do. How, how to do a launch, right? How to do the the promotional graphics, right? And and everything. So we're going to dive into there. But I thought we could start since you two are a lovely couple. Maybe you could share with us. How did you two meet? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a brilliant question. I love it. <laughs> uh, we meet in the beautiful island of Ibiza in Spain. 
uh, I was living there, working and living with friends. Uh, and I met Matthew in the place I was working, in one of the most beautiful places in Ibiza, in a restaurant and hotel, agroturismo called Cantalias, uh, run by the son of Terry Thomas. He's a famous English actor from the uh, 50s and 60s and sort of the 70s. He uh, was part of an expat community who moved out to that island, the original Bohemians who moved to that famous party island that's been an island for Bohemians since oh, a long time back into history. That's, that's another story. Um, yeah, and I saw Marcella. Marcella was the first person I saw I took, uh, when I got out of the car. I'd taken my sister on holiday there and we got out of the car and I saw Marcella walking across the um, what was the dining room and something clicked in me and I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> there's a lot, I mean, how much of this story would you like, Katie? There's a, there's a, oh there's my. <laughs> it was a, there's a long story there. Well, it's all, it's always interesting to, the origin stories right and and couplehood is such a as a vital piece of our society you know i i consider it the bedrock the the kernel the seed of society right it's like you you're either alone or you're in community and the first community is when you're in in couplehood <laughs> so it, right. it's amazing to to hear how how two souls can be spinning around the planet and somehow cross paths and then this amazing collaboration can uh, can spring forth. So how did, were, so Matt, were you already in, into body work and, and all that when you met Marcella? I was still, so gosh, six, 15 and a half, 16 years ago, I guess I would have been doing, um, my, I would have been martial arts would have been a big part of my main practice then. Um, and, uh, Strength training, as I knew it then, um, would have been what I was doing. So I would have been doing uh, physical practices, but quite external practices, um, uh, kind of uh, based a lot on um, social constructs of masculinity. Now, looking back on it. Um, mm. So, yeah, I was very in the body um, and also had um, I'd spent, as I as as my biography said, and as you, as you, uh, I, I've had a you know a lifelong uh, inquiry into what it means to, you know, what spirit means. So I'd read a lot of practices. So I had spiritual practices. I mean, one of the things that you know, Ibiza is you know it's known for being a party island, but it's also got a very big Bohemian um, and spiritual community. So that was one of the things that drew me there as well. But um, yeah, um, it's been a it's been a long journey and our relationship's been a big part of well yeah it's been my it's been our my life for the last mm. 15 years so yeah it's been vastly changed it's funny to think back to who i was and who i thought i was then and that's the power right of of these of the alchemical uh, transformation of relationship and partnership as it can take us to new levels that we just could not have reached alone so marcella wh where where were you in life when when that meeting happened were you already doing um yoga and and somatic work at that point in that point in my life i was doing a spiritual work i was doing ceremonies uh leading ceremonies for women i was also yeah i was doing pilates and yoga also teaching uh, that part uh, but mainly i was into ritualistic dance um mm -hmm. i was uh opening uh art uh, and spiritual ceremonies uh, in one of the galleries in Ibiza. I was working closely with a spiritual artist, which she was working with crystals, and all art was about spiritual uh, awakening, let's say. So when I met Matt, uh, what attracted me to him is because I, uh, he was reading a spiritual book. So I said, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting, uh, this guy that is not just here for the party, also is into the spiritual path. And that was like, a, if, if I open the doors to him, is be, because I, I knew he was in contact with that. And yeah. What um, book was it, if you, if you don't mind sharing, or if you remember? <laughs> you say, Emma. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was called. It was, but it, it, uh, this is a funny, a funny phase. I mean, it was very much in my seeker phase. 
Um, so I was looking, uh, I w it was before um, I'd uh, chose, just found what Jack Cornfield, the, the Western Buddhist teacher, calls the one seat. Now, that one seat can be anything, but you've got to mm. choose where you're going to sit and, and what you're going to practice with. Mm. Um, so this was a book, but it was a new age book, really. Would you, wouldn't you say that's a fair title for it, Marcel? It was by a guy called Drumvalo Melchizedek. And what was it called? The, I think the, it's the flower of life. The flower, yeah, the flower of life. And it was, mm -hmm. yeah, we went, we went and did a retreat with him. Um, and yeah, it wasn't what I, th that was, I, I decided that wasn't the path for me. It was a, it was a stepping it stone. It was, yeah, it was, it was a path of inquiry and it was, um, not one that I, in, that I, in the end decided spoke to me fully. Well, maybe we could talk about that. So at a certain point, you two have become who you are now. And, and that's, that's a journey. And maybe what we could do is for the listeners um, in today's society, we, we aren't really instructed to quiet the mind often and get into the body. And what does that mean? And we're not trained from young age. And many of us aren't to tune into the innate wisdom of the body. So how maybe you could break down why that's important and, and, and a little bit about your journey to, to kind of creating this collaboration that you you two have going, this beautiful collaboration. Do you want to go first, Marcy? Okay. Uh, why why it is important to inquire into your own self? Uh, I guess is because you want to you want to live a life fully engaged with everything which is alive. It could be your partner. It could be. Um, the the surroundings um and yes they they don't teach us that in school and i always grow up with something that was missing uh i remember being like nine years old and i saw a video of me um that someone asked me what do you want for a present and i say i want to be happy and which kids at nine years old say that that means i wasn't happy so I think so my quest of finding my myself it started when I hear the video wow I think so I need to inquire to myself and always been into uh, the art of mo moving the body I did my my career in dance uh, contemporary dance and that if there was something to make me happy was moving my body and as well as that's why when I when I finished my career, I started to enter into ritualistic dance because it was just not dancing for the spectator. I was dancing to the moon. I was dancing to the sun, as my tradition is. If you go to the Aztec tradition in, in Tenochtitlan, you're going to see the, dan the dancers, the, the concheros, dancing to the moon, to the stars, to the cosmos. So that was my initiation into my inquiry, into let's go deeper into this. And when I was doing meditations over uh, in nature I just started to feel my body waking up one day I clearly saw my aura it was beautiful green emerald green and and I say this this is it this this is this is my path uh, uh, and and then I was introduced into the practice of yoga which has a quite a lot of a spiritual connotation uh, already there imprinted so as I was doing yoga I arrived to England and little by little start to go more into the Western tradition of somatics. Um, starting with uh, with people that uh, they are in touch with the somatic world more deeper into part into cell memory or cell consciousness, moving through bones consciousness and muscle conscious consciousness, which is body mind centering and practices like continuing movement, Emily Conrad, which she channels her practice. And that the, the quest started. This is incredible, going inwards and inwards and deeper and deeper till I found myself that I could regulate my nervous system. I could do little techniques, uh, breath techniques, movement techniques that it gave me that sense of well-being uh, when when uh, my system starts to be overwhelmed, which I have, a, a, due to my background, 
my system goes in overwhelm very easily because I have a difficult childhood. My 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 father was very strict with us. Uh, he and the reason later after doing all this work, I understood because uh, my father had his mother died very abruptly burned alive. So I understood why my father was so strict and I understood why he was the way he, he, he was. Um, and just healing these parts of me, healing those little by little, understanding where it comes from, my, my, uh, my life experience from inside out and dealing with those with so much care and compassion. And it was just one little day and movement initiation at a time. Um, and yeah, I think so. That's my path. Why is so important? Because you want to be whole. You want to be, you want to be in this life fully alive and absorbing, absorbing the whole entire um, nature inside of you. And the more you go in, and parts of yourself being healed, you can extend that, and you can bring. Uh, trees and rivers inside of your body and then you become so more vast than just a human being you are yeah. you're more bigger than that that's amazing i want to hear from matt before i respond to that um i i, I love there's so much there's so much it's to delve into there. yeah but but please matt keep, uh, add to it and and share your experience coming into it and then and we'll well, go deeper i thought marcella's starting point in her childhood's very interesting because i've come to realize myself that there was a a figure in my childhood. Um, when I was very young, my uh, parents used to have uh, lodges. People stay in the house to help cover the mortgage, to make a little bit of money on the side. And in fact, later had a little guest house. But the, one of the first people who made a really big impact on me was a young uh, male nurse um, who rented the room. His name was Peter. Um, and he was now I look back on it I realized I, I was really gravitated to him and I was super small like three four and he was there was something really just different about him he was kind and he was happy mm. um and growing up in the the like in uh lower middle class uh work you know parents my parents were really working class English background it was quite austere in England in the 70s and, and and life was sort of seen in terms of surviving mm-hmm. as a real survival mentality and he had something really different and he and it turned out he was Buddhist and he talked about that and that seed was really planted in me I guess at that point um and so I uh I didn't really you know it's only looking back that I that, that I put those things that 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 seed uh I, I see the seed and, and and how the fruit of that seed has grown um Jumping forward, I always had an interest. I had an interest in um, really understanding who I was um, and what it meant to be alive and it meant to be human. But of course, I came at that. I was educated in a Western education system. So the tool that I primarily used to do that was my mind. It was a top down investigation. It was an intellectual investigation. It was a trying to understand and quantify with knowledge. Um, I used psychedelics to do that. Um, and this was a time uh, when I was doing that would have been in the early, the late 80s and early 90s. Um, there was a time, I guess, like 88 was called the second summer of love. Um, and it was very much, of you know, there's a renaissance mm-hmm. in psychedelics now. And um, I talk about this with a friend of mine who's now um, – uh, a therapist who works with um, psilocybin for treatment resistant depression on one of our episodes. Um, and she was a she was a contemporary who, you know, um, I actually uh, was there when she took her first uh, psychedelic trip. So that was one of that was one of the tools that I used. And I, I read a lot. Um, I read a lot of Buddhism. And as you know, as you've asked, you know, as we've said already, I was looking at all sorts of things and just trying this, that and the other and jumping from one thing to another which is you know what a lot of people do as seekers and then we went uh marcella and i went our she when she went to do her yoga teacher training um we went to thailand where she where she was uh studying and where she actually met um all of her colleagues that she works with um now to this day um and who are other guests upon our podcast actually um and 
I took this as, you know, Thailand is a, is a Buddhist nation. And I took this as a chance uh, while she was, she was, you know, day in, day out going to her, um, her yoga teacher training. Um, and we'd gone there to visit my sister uh, who was do, doing uh, around the world, a, a, a trip around Asia at the time. Um, they left and I went off for a two-week silent meditation retreat um, at a place called Swan Mok, um, which is uh, uh, the retreat centre set up by a Buddhist master called Ajahn Buddhadasa. And I was frankly shocked at what I experienced. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had all these, I'd read all these Buddhist books and I could debate ideas of Buddhism. And I thought, you know, it's like, you know, I'd been, you know, the first book I'd read on uh, Buddhist practice uh, was, you know, I'd read when I was 17 or 18. Um, when I sat down in silent meditation for two weeks, slept in a room with a wooden pillow, um, didn't talk, had to do everything in silence. It's not very silent, actually, because you just have this raging monster inside your head just talking absolute rubbish. <laughs> and it's like, I, I compare it to being, it's like you're locked. I, I compared it to being locked in the cupboard with my teenage self. And it was just like, I'm just glad no one could hear that, wow. the, you know, the monkey mind. You know, and it's, it's called the monkey mind in Buddhism because it just swings from branch to branch, screaming and, you know, flinging its excrement around at you <laughs> so yeah i felt but at, at one some point that just slowly abated my like i you know i was i i'd committed to it and i i was like no i'm going to stay here and my mind at some point during that retreat my mind gave up and mm. i entered a real serene space of just connection mm. um uh and just direct experience of the felt sense of my body on the cushion, the breath coming into my body, um, being alive. Mm. It's not, I wasn't thinking about being alive and thinking about what does it mean to be alive? I was like, Oh, I am alive. Mm. Where do I experience that mm. right here, right now in the body? Um, mm. so then, um, that was, uh, that, that was the real, that really kicked in then. And that, I, I had a, you know, uh, I built upon that practice from, from there, and um, yeah, that's my that was my story into to sitting meditation um, and Buddhist inquiry, and from there everything sort of built slowly day by day uh, upon that experience by experience, and yeah, really breath by breath. So what's interesting about this is the. Um, the, first of all, there's like five different topics collectively that we could go into. So we'll probably have to do a round two, <laughs> Good um, luck. excuse me, but I'm thinking from the listener's perspective, I want to build a little bit of a, for, for anyone listening who feels like maybe there's some terms or some experiences that maybe, uh, could, could be helpful to clarify what, what is the reasoning for getting into our body. So I heard to feel more joy, to feel more pleasure, to, to have a better life experience, to thrive, not just survive. Why is it, what is it about the body that holds the key to healing trauma that holds the key to, um, bringing our full energy and gifts to the world? What, what is it about the body? Well, the body is the one who keeps it, who keeps the memories. Uh, we hold the memories of whole uh, creation in each cell. Um, we have we hold the memories from where we were just living in water. We hold the memories where we were reptilians. We hold the memory where we were the first mammals and the first humans um, is in our uh, inbuilt system, body system, cell in each cell. You have that memory. Uh, it, the mind, what it does is uh, act upon is just looking straight at it um, and and feeding off from information inside of the body. When you start to clear uh, energies or, uh, yeah, energies stuck in the body, 
little by little start start to play out into your life. So um, a, a friend of mine explains very well, when you work with the body, you have to be very gentle because if you overwhelm the system or you you open the lead of the subconscious, the one is inside the uh, of this body memory, you can overwhelm yourself. So that's why it's so important to go little by little into inquiry inside of yourself. And that's why the mind, the conscious mind, can be so frightened of the idea of, of looking at the subconscious. There's plenty of people who say, I'm not interested in looking, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm in a, uh, there was a real stigma. I mean, more so in the UK than there would be with you guys over there um, on the other side of the Atlantic about therapy. You know, it's because people, you know, said, oh, I don't want to look at the monsters that I have in there. But, uh, you know, as Jung said, I might, you know, to be whole, I must have a shadow. Yeah. You know, and to fully understand yourself, you need to be willing to look at those things. But as Marcella was saying, if you just rip, you know, if you if you just rip the plaster off, it's going to hurt. And, you know, and, and then your, your mind's just going to, you're just going to jump back from it and be, it's going to be an overwhelming. Traumatizing. Uh, re-traumatizing mm-hmm. because re-traumatizing. we are we are all traumatized um from life you know and it that can be that can be a trauma with a cap with a with a capital t you know we can we can have experienced uh abuse of all sorts of levels and it can be you know it can be trauma trauma with a small t but life is traumatizing you know um just not you know not having the sovereignty you don't have you don't have sovereignty as a child you know just by its very nature of being a child you know you have to live by the dictates of of other of, of adults and those adults have you know are doing the best they can but they might not have had the love that they needed they might have been imprinted you know what they believe parenting or teaching or discipline is wasn't a good model so you know that you're looking at all those things simplistically let alone anything else on top of that yeah so there's this book called the body keeps the score by maybe you guys caught me with the their name (laughs) boom yeah and it so the cutting edge as far as i besides the maps and the the psychedelic assisted psychotherapy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh the cutting edge trauma healing therapy that i know of is neural feedback and he he has a training with you know that he does with that um, but the body keeps a score. Physical ailments can actually cause, uh, or sorry, uh, traumatic experiences that maybe didn't mm-hmm. hurt hurt the body, quote unquote, can cause physiological diseases, illnesses, you know, injuries, all sorts of things pa- can come about. Inj- That's exactly what I was going to say. It doesn't even have to manifest as they they may manifest as injuries if you ignore them for long enough. But they may just they 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 may materialize as they did in myself as migraine, as muscle strain, as discomfort, or as a complete lack of feeling. Yeah, clinical depression, anxiety, uh, or the system overwhelms is you know if 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 you are not fully embodied and you cannot feel your your system is so tight or so depleted um you can you cannot fully engage with 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 what is in front of you you either you don't have the boundaries because you are very oh, totally down uh, depressed or you are so tight you are you are so um in, in, in that moment of nothing enters into my system that you reject all, all, all information. So both ways. You, and you live have, out of ideology. Yeah. And live, yeah, exactly. And so that- I just want to ask real quick here, because this is, is, this is really powerful information and it is not mental information. Like it, it, there is an aspect that's, that's, that is info that we can hear. But the, what I'm hearing is that there's a huge part of it that has to be felt. And so I wanted to ask, what is the quickest way for our listeners, if they want to experience being in body, what is the quickest way? Could you, is there a practice, a short practice that you could kind of help the listeners just to ground into their body so that we can have a tangible somatic, uh, you know, understanding? 
So the one who comes up into my mind just right away is a sense of touch. Um, like uh, sitting in a place, sitting in, in a place that you feel comfortable in, in a chair on the floor, it doesn't matter, and just start to touch your face, just being aware of your first boundary, the skin, and you know, just bit by bit going to your neck, bring the hands down to your chest, and really feel it. This is me. This is me. This uh, from from here inwards. From here is my insights, and from here out is, is is the world. So just going very methodic, methodically, very slow, and very very conscious about who is this body? Is my body? It's been here. It going to love and kindness. This skin has been protecting me from the rays of the sun or from 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 cold putting the hands into your heart, feeling the beat of your heart. This heart has been beating since the moment I'm in the womb in my mom. It's been there for me, well, for me, 44 years. It's, uh, um, uh, going into your stomach and just feeling this, uh, the turning, turning of the intestines. Uh, well, my intestines have been processing a lot of good food, a lot of bad food, and it does. So just turning into these, the, we are not a machine. We are, we are a living ecosystem that every organ, it has its saying. The skin, it has its consciousness. Uh, you know, you can go deep into your bones, your, your marrow that is creating blood cells every time and, and creating these uh, T cells to fight infection. So just going a little bit more deeper of inquiring who I am. Really, I am a beautiful biological uh, entity that every day is doing processing things and making making the best mm. the best for being alive even though uh, that things that it look that um that look wrong it help uh it help because every day is like a victory i survive the, my body so did everything for survival Something you said really interesting there, Marcella, as well, is that it's like it may look wrong or or you might, you know, ideas may come up that it's like you, you might start having ideas about your body. And at this moment, it's OK. It's like you, you, you can just say to yourself, look, for this moment, I'm going to set aside ideas about yeah. what I, you know, what the stories that I carry about my body. Yeah. And there might be areas where you don't feel you might touch yourself and you yeah. might not have feeling there and there might be areas where you have stories about touch you know it, it's like it, mm. you might fit, uh, you know a man's going to have a different feeling touching his chest than a woman is mm. um everybody's got stories mm. about when they go down to the, their genitals if they touch themselves there these yeah. things you know our body carries massive stories and i'm at, it's okay it's okay it, you need to tell yourself it's okay. And what Marcella said there was, you know, it's having some compassion for yourself as well, you know? Um, yeah, and if, and if the story comes up, let's say if someone is touching the genitals and the story comes up into that moment, that's what it calls titration. And you, you, it's okay, if, for don't overwhelm and go more into the story, you come back up to the heart. You don't mm -hmm. have to linger into the place that it might be, all right, this, uh, if, if you start to do this exploration, let's say, and something start, you touch a part of the body and the body starts to see, oh my God, this is danger, come back up or in other area that it, it was, it's a resource mm -hmm. where it brings you goodness. Mm -hmm. So again, you bring that quality of taking care of yourself in, instead of going deeper into i want to inquire and i want to heal that yeah. no because in the process of the body there is no goal orientation right. you have to be very gentle you have to be very slowly like a slow beautiful uh, oh sorry um because it's like it's like we want to treat our ourself almost as if we would treat our child Right, like with that exactly. level of love. Exactly. Yes, with that level of love, with that level of compassion, with that level of understanding that we don't have everything figured out is is not possible, mm. and we never going to have. Thanks goodness, otherwise life would be very stale, and we know everything. No, you'd we, be like the, the cyclops. Yeah, you'd be. Yeah. The, um, 
and it's also it, it's like this is a time you know we're coming out of a period where people we've all been starved of touch um and and connection and actually there's a paradox in that because we can we've all have had the ability all the way through this to 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 touch ourselves um but we all have pathways that we do that we all have habitual touch you know ways that we do things and actually can you just be with yourself with as marcella said without uh, without a story can you just can you just feel and just notice? And that's where mindfulness comes in. And, and, and mindfulness is a real, is a, is a, is a tricky word because you, I think you hear it in the West and it feels like you're doing something with your mind. Mm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, <laughs> mindfulness. What do I do with my mind? Well, I think so. I've got to think about these things and it's just being present for what's coming up. And it says, Martha, I said, if a story come, you know, if, if, if you touch somewhere, and a habit or a story and you start going into things can you just notice that and can you come back uh, just come back to so what it is? i, I want to ask you i want to get into the podcast you know in in a second here and it, it'll yeah. lead in but i want to just address this i think that and i'd be curious on both of your thoughts so uh in today's world would you agree that men especially are are sort of trained or maybe physiologically because of nature for whatever reason to not be very connected in with our body? And so oftentimes you might, you know, men might feel numb, which is a feeling, you know, that like you were saying, you might not feel a sensation. I'm not saying women don't also feel this, but would would you say that that is a kind of a consistent issue for men is being disconnected from the body? I think it's uh, we're, okay. So now we're getting into sort of the realms of the patriarchy, um, and I think it's important to acknowledge that that men are not the patriarchy, and it's that uh, women are raised within the patriarchy as well. And so it's not a, it's not a man thing to to just not be able to feel. Now we may be conditioned differently, and then you know boys may be brought up to you know to you know the whole you know to, to rough and tumble to and the only and the only emotion that's okay to express is anger and violence is okay and then you know that, that there's a whole other conversation about um conditioning of of of, of boys and what it means to be a man but i think uh, i i think that's that's doing men a little bit of a disservice and and it's a, and it's it, 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 it it's not fair to say that because i think it's a as humanity, the the major problem is our disconnection from ourselves, and that's men and and women, and you know, and it's not it's not binary. When I, you know, it's it's people who identify as male, people who identify identify as female. It, it's non sexualized, it's not genderized. No, it's a, it's actually just a cultural, it's a Western cultural experience because we're so top down, we're so we so. Th- we're disconnected you know there's a there's a there's still a prevailing tradition where we believe that you know that we ask questions about you know even this conversation we're having is it the mind or is it the body it's one thing you know it's like it's you know the mind is in the body and it's the mind body it's in it's in the body and actually it's it's a it's a, a it's an old way of looking at things neuroscience hasn't looked at that division we looked at it that way since the 80s you know but it's still prevailing because it's it's because it's such a cultural assumption yeah that I, I really appreciate that clarification that makes sense we're all part of this of this cultural system at least in the west at the very least yeah, where west, that? yeah that that trains us to be to to create a disconnect where there's not one and mm-hmm. and even and even the heritage this, of the West as well, you know, we're colonial. You know, we we we're all living with the heritage of colonialism as well. So the West. Well, so let's talk about that because yeah, we come from a, an ancestry of like fleeing. So I, I follow this one author, Resma uh, Menachem. He wrote My Grandmother's Hands, and he talks a lot about how racial trauma is stored. Both white people and black people have racial trauma in our bodies from our ancestors going through. You know, and and even like taking race out of it, just fleeing from you know all the all the uh, pilgrims, like you know we were wow. running away from something, and so we have we have the ancestors, mm-hmm. we have that in our body that fleeing. Well, and I, I'm you know I mean so it, it's like obviously a lot of the dialogue you hear um, on the internet is about um, the North American experience, because um, obviously that's 
such a large culture and that's the majority of culture but i'm i'm you know so you've got a mexican woman here and an english man my head the 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 trauma that i've experienced is being um the the, the being or, or being made you know my my ancestors were made to work in fields in mines in factories were sent to war that's that's the that's the trauma that's the that's the ancestral trauma that i'm experiencing and that i that I, that is in within my dna marcella's trauma is completely it's the same it comes it comes to colonialism even though you say uh because when when mexico well america was colonized is exactly we have a genocide there where all the indigenous people were put to work in mines in plantations till the the verge of extinction and so this colonization is is just pervade since uh, I don't I don't know the 1500s perhaps I, I don't know where um, yeah and all these memories is, is stuck in our bodies when I arrived here to England me from Mexico I remember carrying these uh, colonial uh, diminishing mm. of myself because I am from the the, the con- con- I am I've been conquered. And it's not something that is just ex- ex- out into the world or into the surface of my consciousness. It, it was deep ingrained inside of me where I said, why I feel this, that I, why I don't feel my fully self here. Mm-hmm. But that was the, the, these memories and these just passing through that we, we, we were conquered. Uh, and I until- live with the other side of colonialism as well. It's that I've talked about the experience of of those of my ancestors my direct ancestors and my family lineage who were uh, a working class then of course I can't deny the fact that I that I'm English and of what we did colonially you know the 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 just the in the the legacy of of violence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and 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 what we're you know and that we're all still living with that you know you know looking at what's happening you know with what we did in in the middle east in you know it, it, it's a huge political quagmire right and and, and yeah. it's a time of reckoning for for everyone yeah. in their body i think and mm-hmm. the way yeah. forward and and this and this leads into your podcast so the way forward is through the portal of soma as my um my dear friend says uh, she has a podcast called the synchrosoma podcast shout out to melissa meter there uh I she does our- oh cool that's wonderful yeah me too and uh <laughs> really and so great. yeah it's a portal it's a portal and so maybe let's let's move into the pod into the body that's knows a, podcast that's a beautiful term it's a portal yeah i mean with the latest episode that marcella she just did a bonus episode um and what that it, it was great listening to being in the audience and listening to it and there's a great um one of her guests um gave this great explanation about um of yoga uh, as the uh, the the asana the positions being like an alphabet and so and, and it's a language and that language it transports you to another dimension and it's a dimension of of, of awareness mm. you know of of knowledge mm. and that knowledge can only you can only become aware inside yourself there's no other place to wake up that's it that's the vessel we've got yeah yeah it's um bringing bringing that awareness i think so that's why the podcast we we create matt and i we create the podcast just to bring that awareness because i carry this i don't know when i start to grow up more deeper into my into myself and start to share my 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 wisdom it come from pouring in, inside of me and from and from the spirit and from nature so I, I cannot hold it in my body anymore. I need to I need to take it out. So one day I say, Matthew, Matthew, what about if we do a podcast about about this beautiful wisdom of the body and, and interview people that it can tell their little bits of a story because everyone has um everyone has their own way to to explain how the body is alive and how the body can hold hold the wisdom. And it's a way of decolonize people. My quest as a sweat lodge leader, cacao ceremonies, is to eradicate eradicate the, the colonial mind. Mm. To uh, in in my beliefs, everyone 
has available in their cells the ancestral knowledge of co connect of communing with nature of, of 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 a way to return to the natural essence which is ourselves and what is that is through art dance uh singing uh, uh, talking to a tree um poetry it doesn't matter how it comes out because when you do when, when you work with your body and you little bit start to liberate that energy the first what infuse your whole life is creativity is art is mm. is those things suddenly you you have you have a space to expand your wings mm. and take a little bit of the the beauty of life inside of you mm. and everyone is an artist Everyone is connected with the spirit, so that's why it's so important, or uh, to 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 work with that, or for for us, Matt and I say, yeah, let's let's do that, let's let's let just let's take it out, take take I, out these. I love something you said there. It reminded me of something I heard Francoise Borzat say on a podcast the other day. She's um uh, she's uh, a really interesting woman she's been she trained with an uh, in indigenous wisdom she's a french woman but trained with indigenous wisdom actually um in a her, uh, tradition that marcella has experienced within as well within with psilocybin uh with a very famous teacher in, in mexico um and one of the things that she said is once you've experienced once once you, once this has woken up in you it's just like it just you you can't not want to share it um you know and as i think i said at, at the beginning um you know, for Marcella, this is her, this is her livelihood, um, and you know uh, we're beginning to use the podcast more as a way to get that out there, and for her to for it to be a business tool for her for that. Um, uh, and we've been, you know, we we've been inspired by other podcasters who do that. A woman called uh, Julia Allen, who who runs uh, a podcast called Authentic Sex. Um, and she basically interviews, you know, she, li she lives in a very switched on area in Australia and she basically interviews all of her friends, all of the people in her community. And then she, you know, she, she's sponsored by her own products and by her own teachings. And that's it's really great. But, you know, uh, but yeah, that I, for me, the podcast was an end in itself. You know, mm. I wasn't I wasn't looking, you know, although I'm although I'm I am training in um, somatic uh, sexual healing. It's not something I'm doing. You know, it's not something that I'm currently um, monetizing. It's just a training that I'm doing. What was the most important thing was to have, you know, was to share this experience we have because it's trans it's transformative. I've lived a life of of. Um, pain that i've inflicted on myself physically mentally emotionally and these technologies these ancient technologies have unlocked life mm -hmm. um, um, um it, they're there it's there for everyone you know you don't it's not it's not you don't need to go and have interventions you don't need to see someone you, you don't although you know you yeah, yeah look, i've sat at the seat of of wise teachers um, I, I've, you know, had healing at the hands of really, you know, amazing people. But in the end, the experience is one that you live and it mm -hmm. comes out through you. Um, one of my Buddhist teachers said the only book worth reading is the heart. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, it, from my experience with both of you is if it really feels like you found something that has transformed your lives and you're excited and inspired to share it with everyone. And that's what the body knows podcast is all yeah. about is you're interviewing uh, each, you know, you're talking to each other, you're interviewing other experts and, and lit, you know, uh, folks embodying this knowledge and living it. And you're giving a wealth of knowledge and you cover everything from, from, you know, healing trauma to um, what Tantra actually means to uh, conscious and, and, uh, uh, you know, a sexual healing. And so, you know, what, for the listeners who are a lot of podcasters, what mm -hmm. are some of the Oops. things that, that have really worked for you uh, in, in the launch of, of this first season? And what are some th uh, tips or, or ideas that you could give the listeners as far as if they're thinking either of launching their show of, or just how to take it to the next level, you know? Well, our first season we re we came to realize is, you know, we've spoken directly, we've, shared our experience through we, we've interviewed friends and colleagues and teachers 
of our own directly. So this first season has been very well. I think one of the things that's amazing about podcasting is it's it's direct, right? It's very you know it's like mm-hmm. authenticity is is what you, you know what attracts people to the communications. You know, it's like it there's no filter. You know, there's it, I've worked in professional uh you know professional media um in film in tv in broadcasting and there's layers in between there you know there's editorial there there's 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 codes of things that can and can't be said um that that doesn't imply that doesn't apply in podcasting that's up to you you decide what can and can't be said there's things that we've decided not to to go into and there's things that we haven't but i think that's the most it's i think what it boils down the first thing you've got to work out is your why why are you having these conversations? Um, and we were taught that we went on a, a, a podcasting course. Um, we're uh, run by a guy, which is very much like you run yourself, Kaylee, um, was run by a podcaster, a guy called Mark LaRoost. Um, and it's we, you know, I feel really lucky because it, it was a, it was a it was a course called the podcasting, the podcast revolution. And, it, and he stopped it now. He had he's he's been podcasting a long time. He had a podcast called The Unconventionalist, and I'm speaking in the past tense because he's stopped now. Um, so I feel I, I feel really lucky that Marcelo and I got to do we got to be the last cohort of his podcast revolution. Um, and we did that with some with with some great other podcasters. Um, I think you've spoken to one. Is that right? You but did did you interview Ravi? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. that now it now it makes sense. That's awesome. That's so you guys went through this accelerator, and for those listening, yeah. I run a, a similar kind of mastermind called Amplify What You Love. And the power of going through these launches together is that it can be a overwhelming to launch alone, uh, and the the benefit of everyone's brains and ideas and and just moral support and encouragement. Support. And then when the podcast launches, you're sharing and interviewing each other. It's just very valuable to go through with a like you said a cohort. You do, they, they, I mean, it's just like there's a million and one reasons you're going to have in your head why you don't put your podcast out there. You know, yeah. what microphone should I use? You can see Marcella and I are sitting here still, you know, with just the I've got the free headphones that came with my phone. And it's like, it does, you know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't sound like studio quality. But that's that, that's not the most important thing. You know, it's like I love I love the uh, Silicon Valley, you know, ship fast you know fail yes, fast yes get it out there we've you know we could have we could have worried and tried and you know tried to perfect everything the but the most the, the podcast we've learned the most from was the one where we <laughs> we kind of crashed and burned a bit you know it's mm-hmm. like we we, did, we didn't have the interview that we thought we were going to have um and that was that was a you know you, you you learn on your feet you've got to get out there don't be you know it's like just, just have the conversations and you learn. Yeah, it was great to have an eye opening. What exactly I don't want to do in the podcast. <laughs> exactly. There, there's a lot of, of uh, in, there's, there's many parts to podcasting that, that can be overwhelming. I'm curious with the idea of ship fast, get it out there. There's reasons. Would you still recommend to people to go through some sort of group launch or, or some sort of a hundred, program? A hun- well, for us, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know what you're doing. You, you you have the support of the group. You have the support of someone. If there is, because it's that little question, silly question that stop you to have to do it. Uh, unless you're amazing. And, and, you know, there's many people who does not do that. But uh, I think so for the majority of the people, it is very uh, definitely if you really have the heart of doing a podcast, mm-hmm. if you really want to do that, if your heart is pumping, yeah, I want to do a podcast, but something is stopping me, just do it. Yes. Do the acceleration, whatever. Um, I mean, the you, first time we interviewed anyone would have been on our on our accelerator. I mean, you know, Marcella and I are Generation X, so although we, you know, we were the first generation to have the internet we didn't come of age of age with it and we're not necessarily as comfortable you know it uh, uh, being on camera as maybe millennials or gen z are uh, mm. or of just you know e- even the fact that i remarked at the beginning of our interview i loved you doing a live interview marcelo and i don't do a live interview um we uh, a live intro we record ours uh, because i always you know it, it's like i stumble i stutter 
Marcella cuts me and makes me sound a bit better. <laughs> yeah, I have my brother edit this afterwards to, to fix all the things. I do want it to go live eventually, but um, something you said there, uh, you know, so we are getting to the end of the interview. I, I would love to have you all on in the future again, but at the end of these, I always want to ask just a couple sort of resource collecting rapid fire questions. Um, and so the, the first one on, on this, on this category of podcasts is what are, what is one other podcast, uh, from each of you that you would like the listeners to tune into? Obviously the body knows. So everyone listening, the podcast that you want to listen to first is you want to go search for the body knows podcast after consuming the entire first season. Then, uh, Matt, would you share one podcast that you think would bring value to my listeners? Well, I've already given a shout out to Julia Allen's um, Authentic Sex podcast. At the moment, I'm really enjoying The Mythic Masculine by Ian McKenzie. I, I, I love it. You know, it's really looking at... Um, I, I love, like for me, uh, as a professional storyteller as well, I, I love looking at, uh, at masculinity through the lens of story. Um, and uh, I believe that stories are, are, are the key of what makes us human. And, you know, that podcast is really looking at the old myths of masculinity and what masculinity can mean now. It, it's um, yeah, fascinating conversations with really, you know, heartfelt, uh, amazing insights. Oh, amazing. Yeah, you've you've you shared that with me and I've been uh, tuning in and really enjoying it. So I'd I definitely probably, recommend that. I probably sent you to that one that was about um uh, relationship as the, the 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 vessel for awareness right um, yeah. yeah yeah it's amazing That's so good. Uh, yeah thanks for shutting out an episode too for the listeners what about you marcella what's a podcast you'd like people to tune into i think so i like that one that you say the synchrosoma podcast uh she uh, i think so she's really spot on she's so authentic she's very very fresh and all her insights are just i mean body-wise, therapeutical-wise, very good, spot on. And I like the We Move guys. I like I like oh, them. Bless. They are a very good... We love We Move. Uh, we, we interview them. Um, the interview it was, we wish to be better, but I think so his podcast all the time, they, he, they are so hearted, wholehearted, and they're... They, their guests all the time, they're very good and they put a lot of effort and, and it's all about transforming life. I, I mm. love women of guys. They, they, really they really live their own story. Yes, uh, they do well. truly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, 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 yeah, we, we've interviewed them once and I, I, I believe we will go back to speak to them again. And I'd also just like, I'd love to give a shout out to my, to my man, uh, Cam Fraser as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, who does a great podcast about masculine, about sexuality and masculinity, and his uh, like if if any men are uh, you know wanting to dive into masculinity, all of his channels, you know Cam Fraser on on Instagram, etc. He's yeah, he he's a really great uh, Australian sexologist. Amazing, amazing, and um, you know, one of the goals of this platform is to teach the next generation and young people that the, you know, about the power of their voice and the power of, of sharing information and building a, a council of, of safe mentors. So if this was given to a large group of young people and you, you both, you know, could share like one thing about the, about relationships and one thing about the body, maybe you guys could collaborate a little bit and give a message to this, uh, you know, fi figurative group of young people? I would say first in both in, in relationship, and it's interesting that I've jumped in first and I'm going to say this, but in relationship um, and in the voice, counterintuitively, the most important thing first is listening. So if you're interviewing someone else, listening to what they're saying is really important. If you're relate, relating to another or relating to your body, listening is really important. Being able to wait and actually hear what's going on instead of chasing what you think is going on or trying to impose your ideas of how something should be on another person, on a situation, on yourself. And really having listening and having respect for what you hear, not 
wanting things to be other than they are, not thinking that you're right at the beginning. It's going in with an openness and a patience and a kindness to the other and to yourself. Yeah, I would say the same in relationships. Uh, build up a relationship with yourself uh, in a way that you are uh, nurturing compassion to all the bits of yourself, uh, of the, the mind slashing, uh, the, your body type. Uh, be kind to yourself. Eat well. Uh, do everything with reverence to your body. So mm -hmm. it can, the moment you start to spill your relationship out of yourself, you know how to do it. You know how to be kind to, mm -hmm. to that other. The first relationship, Marcella, you just nailed it. The first relationship, the most important relationship you have is with yourself. Um, and if you're not, if you don't love yourself, And when I'm talking about self, that's a bit, that's, I'm not, I hope from this conversation, it's really clear that I'm not talking about your ideas of who you think you are, but really just unconditionally coming from a place where you know yourself and you love yourself. If you're getting pulled outside of yourself to start with and you're looking for external love or external validation, you're just going to just keep chasing. It's a hamster wheel. Self-love is the most important love. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Both of you, I appreciate your time so much coming on and sharing your, your work and your message with my audience. And we're definitely going to have you back on if, if you will uh, honor us. And again, listeners, uh, tune into the Body Knows podcast. Check out Matt and Marcella, what they're working on. Uh, see, when is season two coming out soon? Is it, is it out already? No, TBD. no um, this was very much part of a build-up. One of the th reasons I wanted to speak to you was because I wanted to kind of, it's a nice little in-breath, you know, it's like we finished season one. Marcella's doing some, some, you know, some little bonus episodes that are about the offerings that she's putting out there. And we just wanted to sort of rest and reflect upon what we've done, what's worked, what hasn't worked, um, Um, you know, maybe set up some other things, some other ways of go about going about things um, uh, and let uh, season two come about when it's ready to come about. Still, the bonus episodes are over there, are out. One, one is out, the last one, and I'm going to release other one in June. Uh, there so are more shorter. Out by the time this comes out, yeah, mm -hmm. there, there are shorter, and there are very interesting ones that are very good too. So, so even though the season finished, it's still the Body Knows podcast is 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 producing good conversations. Mm. And I'll I'll continue to produce social content as well. You know, it's like there's, there's still we communicate our you know things come up, information comes up through conversation with each other and through our practice. So there'll be things that we're posting as well. So that's a dialogue as well. There's, you know, we're in dialogue with, there's an audience that's online as well as, as, as the audience that listens. So, yeah. So how could the listeners collaborate and work with you, especially if they were, if they, if they would like to learn more about this and work with you, what's the best way to reach out? I, uh, I'm there on DMs in, on Instagram, the body knows underscore podcast. Um, we have a Facebook page. Um, we haven't yet set up a, a site, um, so we don't have a mailing list, but that's one thing that we're going to do, you know. But, um, yeah, you know, reach out. It's like, there's always conversations to be had. We've got a nice little group of people that we speak with, you know, little communities building through our socials. That's, that's what social media is, right? Um, it's how we're speaking to you now, yeah. for example. Uh, they can find me in Embodied Practices. Uh, that's I mean in Instagram and budget practices, also Facebook. Um, and yeah, and that Marcella, Marcella shares her teachings there as well, and and all the things that all the courses and the uh, workshops that she's running. Some she does online and um, retreats. Yeah. So if people wanted to do a retreat or take a course or work with you one on one, that's a, a possibility, and they could reach out through Instagram. Definitely. Embodied is... practices. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. I'll make sure that's in the show notes, listeners. Uh, but just to recap, the body knows underscore podcast. This is at Instagram and embodied practices on Instagram. And uh, tune into the body knows podcast. 
Matt, Marcella, it's been an absolute privilege to speak with both of you. Thank you for your time, your energy, and I uh, hope to have you on very soon in the future to share some more knowledge. Oh, thank you. That will be fantastic. It was absolutely honored to be interviewed by you, Kaylee. You have a great, great energy. Absolutely. More power to you, Kaylee. Thank you very Big much. Big love, y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Be On Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your mic and broadcasting your message to the world. Are you ready to start your own podcast and amplify your brand? Or are you struggling to get your show in front of engaged audiences? I can help you on your broadcasting journey. Get in touch with me and apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. I'm on all the social media. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks. Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.